Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello and welcome back. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing two amazing ladies from the Highbrow Hippie Salon in Venice, California. We have Katie Lee and Micah Harris, who are partners in this really cool business that I have been stalking on Instagram. I love all of your Insta photos. We have a mutual friend, Maz Hanna, who um, had the pleasure of doing a manicure for Julia Roberts, and she's friendly with you guys, and she raves about you, and she was nice enough to connect us for this interview. So I'm so excited to have both of you here. Welcome. Thank you. We're happy to be here. We love Maz. She's awesome. I love that whole idea with the crystal manicure. I wish we had it closer to me. We do not. So I'm in Florida. We haven't gotten the the cool gemstone manicures here yet. So tell the people listening how the two of you got together. I had done a little bit of research before we um, met here just to know a little bit about your background and how you got together. And I saw that it started with a blog and that the two of you really recently have just opened your space And I know there's a lot of things that set you apart in what you do and how you do it. So just, you know, in your own words, talk about what it is that you set out to do and what sets you apart from other salons. I know that the area that you're in can be super competitive and to be able to be, you know, a salon that celebrities frequent and to get the press that you've gotten, I'm sure you ladies have a trick or two up your sleeve. So talk a little bit about that. Well, we first met in college, actually. So we're not going to age ourselves, but um, (laughs) a few decades ago. Not going to age ourselves, but but it's been a while. Um, (laughs) So this is not something that is new to us that just, you know, was this idea that we got a couple of years ago. This has been something that's been in the making for a very long time. To give you a background um, on myself, this is Katie speaking. Um, Micah and I both went to Spelman College, and um, I was an English major. Were you an English major? No. What were you? Psychology. Psych. <laughs> that certainly um, helps in the beauty industry. <laughs> yeah, and actually both of those majors have come in handy when starting a business, for sure. And um, post-college, I moved to New York City and attended uh, the Aveda Institute in Soho. Um, Micah, post-college, went to Parsons in Paris. I'll let her speak for herself, but um, we eventually 
joined uh, forces as friends again in New York City when I was working for Frederick Fakai uh, circa 2001. So about 20 years ago, we ran into each other. And um, we started the blog after um, I moved to LA, Micah was living in Europe, and it was more of a an outlet for us to talk about anything and everything that we wanted to that was on our chest. It was a safe space to talk about, you know, maybe beauty, but sometimes it was politics. Sometimes it was, you know, what we are drinking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was... It, the subjects got deep or they were um, as light as we wanted them to be. I'll let Micah kind of jump in with a little bit of her background. Um, yeah, this is Micah. And like Katie said, you know, after college, I um, stayed in Atlanta for a little while and then ended up moving to Paris, uh, studied at Parsons School of Design and then came back to New York to finish that and that's when Katie and I connected um, after a stint in Paris and um, being in New York you know we continued to work there and then eventually I moved where back did I to move? Europe I moved back to Europe and then back to Atlanta and then... I was in LA <laughs> but we would our friendship was was just the same because we would just travel to wherever the other one was and it became this kind of big adventure that provided us with a lot of stories and memories and we always kind of in the back of our head knew that we would both end up in LA one day. Um, we didn't know how it was going to happen but when we did start the blog it was a way of us kind of meshing our story of friendship together even though we were living on two separate coasts at the time. Uh, points of view. So when we decided to uh, take the blog into a brick and mortar space, it was honestly just a way of us to bring our conversation to life. So we never set out on opening a salon per se. Um, it was never high on either of our lists. Micah used to own um, the first natural waxing and nail salon in Atlanta uh, before she recently sold it. Now it's open for nine years, seven years, eight, eight years. Okay. <laughs> before I sold it. Um, and so she's been in the beauty industry and is, has knows everything about products and the natural beauty movement before it became trendy. And then me running a similar parallel story. I, you know, was doing hair color and, was just getting more interested in how I could uh, create a healthier lifestyle for myself, which is really difficult to do when you work with the chemicals every day. Mm -hmm. And Eyebrow Hippie has really become the, the amalgamation of all of these things colliding into one. Um, we refer to our salon as the Highbrow Hippie Atelier. We don't even call it a salon because it is a place where many things happen, not just hair. Micah teaches yoga and meditation here. We sell um, beauty and lifestyle products, um, soon to be on our new e-commerce site as well. Um, we have community gatherings. We kind of made it a place where we always want to be and hang out, and we just happen to also take care of people here as well. Yeah. 
That's so nice. I did see that you were doing different events and bringing women together and that it's not, you know, your basic salon. And I love that. I mean, the, the space is beautiful, but there's my favorite thing about being in the industry is that level of connection that we do have with our guests in this environment where everybody is on their phone, on their computer, everything is automated. We still have that personal touch and that connection to other people that I, I think that they look forward to now more than ever. So now that you're together and you're in this amazing space, how did you get to the point where celebrities know where you are? I know how competitive, um, you know, Beverly Hills and LA and everybody's clamoring to be a celebrity stylist, celebrity manicurist. How did you connect with, you know, your celebrity? I, I know you do Diane von Furstenberg and Julia Roberts. How did that come about well <laughs> we're we're gonna uh before we move on to that when when we built this place part of our um i'd say kind of creed is we really um encourage people to come here and drop in and drop out meaning like come in drop into this space that we've created and drop out of the stress of your life even for nice. just an hour or so. Yeah. Um, it's something we really believe in. And that is something that I want for all my clients, not just celebrity. Um, I have to say, to be keep it 100% real with you, I cringe at that word celebrity colorist. Mm -hmm. celebrity yeah. stylist. I think it's really lame. It's, <laughs> it's not something that I ever aspired to. It is something that has happened um, just because of real relationships that have been built throughout decades of hard work. Um, I am in no competition with anyone else because it, that kind of thing will stress you out to no end. I'm not trying to ever uh, accumulate only celebrity clients. They are the cherry on top, of course. Um, I see them as regular people. They come into our atelier and they are loving to each of our guests. Um, they're just regular women that also need the same kind of care that everybody's looking for. So I know that may sound really like cliche, but no, 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 not at all. I love it. And, and that was my next question. You know, so many salons, you know, you see Tracy Cunningham. I'm always blown away when I see Tracy Cunningham going to the Kardashians and they're laying on their kitchen counter with their head in the sink. And I'm thinking, they have so much money. Why don't they throw a salon chair and a sink in their billion dollar hillside homes? Like that's crazy to me. But my question was, you have this beautiful space, you have the outdoor space, which I love. And, you know, do you have to treat them any differently? I love hearing that they're right in with everybody else and that they don't feel like they need to be whisked off to some private room yeah. and not, you know, in your space. Listen, that's listen for convenience factors, like, Yes, I sometimes still do some house calls here and there, um, but that's just because of maybe my schedule as well, you know, trying to make all these lives come together. Um, but no, everyone comes in no matter who they are. They go straight to Micah when they come in. We call her our, our resident like witch doctor because she always has some sort of natural tea that she's working on and she's like <laughs> brewing, you know, mm -hmm. and doing handling all of our operations and wearing many hats, but no, this is like a, it's a family here. It's a home. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And I love that tie-in with the, what you said about Micah. My daughter now owns my former salon. I, I owned a salon for 30 years and she took over. It's been exactly a year and she came from managing a yoga studio. So my clientele and my whole theme of my salon is not her bohemian, like your salon would be her, her happy place. And I said, Hey, it's yours. You know what I mean? If you want to change the decor, if you want to change it and have yoga class on the weekends, move all the chairs out of the way and roll out a yoga mat, have at it. You know what I mean? Make that um, combination space and make it your own. That's what it's all about. So I love that you've taken the best of both of your worlds and made it this really peaceful, you know, getaway for people, which people need so much. Right. Um, something that I read in, in one of the articles about um, your salon, they talked about how having the type of clientele, you know, Drew Barrymore is a perfect example. She changes her hair more than anyone that I've ever seen in Hollywood. And anything, she pretty much put balayage on the map. She was one of the first people to wear it. And the, or no, the ombre it was, she did. And everybody was like, oh, what is that? Because she was on a magazine. So when you do have those type of clients that need to be in a certain role, you know, we know as colorists how much that can beat up the hair. So is there anything special or unique that you do? You know, right now the Olaplex and the bond builders are really hot in the industry. I'm not so into the bond builders myself. I, I felt like I took such good care with the hair and I didn't push it to its limits. But I'm sure when you're put in a position where you have to take them from, you know, red to blonde for a role in a hot minute, there's other things that you need to do to protect that hair. So is there anything you do differently? Well, um, to get everything that you asked, I have to go back to how I was trained. Um, my first mentor was a woman named Constance Hartnett. Who, oh, lucky girl. She's amazing. Right. So I was her... Um, <laughs> her last major assistant before she retired in her eighties. And so she was a chemist before she was a colorist. So yes. I really learned about the makeup of hair and how to push it to its limits without ever going over the limit. Too far, um, right? So what, it also makes me giggle because you know, what people are calling ombre in this balayage trend, I also have to correct that because decades ago at Frederick Pakai, every single one of those French hairdressers were doing balayage before we even knew how to pronounce the word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hair and all those guys. Is Hubert still at Frederick for Williams, George, all these men who, by the way, are some of the most talented colorists in the world that don't even have an Instagram presence, who are all still book solid to this day. Um, I it was a joke to us when all of a sudden it became like, oh, Drew Barrymore has ombre. It's like, oh, we've been doing that since, you know, whatever, the nine nines. So I just, <laughs> the nine I, nine. I, 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 it does, it, it kind of bums me out that those guys never got their due um, because I don't know, it's just, they're the OGs, you know? And I, um, I was lucky enough to have the, have the, um, wherewithal to make that decision right out of beauty school to invest the time to assist for five solid years to where um, it was like getting my master's. I see nowadays people jumping straight from beauty school to calling themselves a master colorist and it's simply mm -hmm. impossible to it's do. Not, yeah, it's, it's not, not possible. possible. Yeah, I mean, Micah can tell you 
I would come home with 20 bucks. That's all I would make sometimes in a day. But, and I did that for years and we lived down the street from each other in Brooklyn and I would give her that 20 bucks because she was always the one that was better with money. (laughs) 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 And she would cook a feast and like, this was, but it's like your lean twenties where you're putting the time and the sacrifice and you don't mind being broke because you're reinvesting into yourself and into your education. So those Fakai years for me, I mean, it would never be a place where I would be drawn to work now, but they were indispensable as far as learning everything you can about chemicals, hair, etiquette, salon etiquette, how to treat people, how to be professional, how to, how to run a business. Each of those colorists were running their own business. And then um, that in turn let me know how to really do a good color correction. I knew how to schedule my time well. I knew how to pause what I needed to pause and then tell a client that they needed to come back the following week. I never tried to be superwoman. And um, that's just the way we were trained. If I had to be, I knew how to because Constance being a chemist taught me like, put a drop of green in this and it's gonna turn it this color. Or, you know, like I always knew the tricks And I knew how to break the rules, but I knew the rules first before I could break them. Um, Moving to LA with Frederick Fakai, it really stood out to me at that point just how much education I took away from those years in New York. Um, Because in my 20s, I was very firmly, um, very strong colorist. I was always kind of the go-to to do major corrections. And it's because of that time that I put in behind, you know, the chair assisting. I love so much that you just pointed out that five-year time because that right now as an educator, that is my biggest struggle is sharing with the new regime coming in, these young hairstylists. You know, when I volunteer to go and teach in a beauty school, you know, they'll raise their hand and they'll say, well, I'm never going to be an assistant. I'm going right into a suite. And I'm like, oh, honey, (laughs) you have no idea how unprepared you are for that. And it's, it's like, you know, there's this new, well, you know, it all, it all started with the, everyone gets a trophy, you know, that right. Where all the parents are like, my kid's perfect and you better give him a trophy because he showed up and, you know, it's all different parenting and different everything. And, it's this new belief, you know, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid and listening to the empowering manifestation videos. And they're like, I can be an amazing stylist if I just put my mind to it. And that training that you had and the training that most successful stylists had, you know, people look at you and they see the press and they see the celebrity and they see the beautiful space and they're not seeing that five years that you put in with a $20 paycheck. And, you know, everybody thinks everybody's an instant success and they're, they're missing that part of it. And that's what I interviewed uh, a colors from Australia last night. And we were both chatting about that, that in Europe, there's still that three year apprenticeship. And I really wish the U.S. would adapt that system. I think people are struggling to pay for beauty school. It's, you know, nine months to a year and it's up to like $22,000 and then they're getting out and salons want to pay them that, you know, $7 an hour. And then the dropout rate is 
beyond. I, I can't imagine, do you guys have, I'm sure you have an easier time getting assistance because they want to learn from you, but that's always been my biggest hurdle in owning a salon is getting that quality assistant that knows that they need to put their time in and learn and not speed through the whole process and jump right behind the chair. Listen, I'll have Micah jump in for a quick second, but no, no, finish your thought. Um, <laughs> the assistant thing is a struggle all around, but it's also a struggle just as a business owner to find good employees and um, have you talk about just your um, history and just, you know, years of owning a place and struggling to find um, great employees. Yeah, I think just, you know, like Katie was saying, it's not just in the beauty space, you know, in terms of assisting, there's just kind of like this instant, you know, <clears throat> I'm an expert thing that's happening across the board, you know, and I saw it in my business previously for eight years, um, hiring people. And, you know, we still see it now, you know, people don't want to put in the time, they don't want to put in the effort, they want to just immediately brand themselves as experts. And, make an Instagram page and go into a salon suite. And then they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> Where's the clients? <laughs> What's happening? You know, it's like, I don't know how to do any of this. And some people rise to the top and that's great. But a lot of them don't. don't. You know? yeah. And it's, it's like, I don't know what it is. You know, I think back and I'm well past my twenties at this point, but I think back to being in my twenties, I wasn't in such a rush. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really like in a, a um, a space of wanting to learn and get knowledge and explore different things. You know, I wasn't just like, okay, well, I'm an expert and I'm just going to, you know, go do this tomorrow. So, um, I mean, listen, we're also tough. very fortunate that we got to be in our twenties without the pressures of social media. This is true. Because yes. Yes. I agree. Even as an assistant with social media, they're all trying to kind of one up each other. And I, my heart bleeds for them because how are you ever going to win that race? You know, um, with me, I, so I've been doing this for a Now, how many employees do you have? Um, so there are now seven of us. So five. Um, yeah, five employees. We, in my 20 years, I've only had six assistants. So I've averaged, like there was one state where I just had one for a year that she was um, stepping in until I found a full-time assistant. But I average four to five years for my assistants. That's every amazing. Time. And every single one of them now are successful colorists in their own right. One actually just retired. She's become a nurse, which is even more awesome. Um, <laughs> but I don't believe in these short-term relationships. I can't have it. I don't have the time for it. My clients don't have the time for that kind of service. Um, it's, it bleeds into every single part of the business. The assistant is a really critical part of our business because, you know, I'm doing the color, yes. I don't think that I can do that with my eyes closed. But if you're looking at the service as a, a pie, for instance, the assistant part is, you know, how is that client greeted? How is that client doted upon while she's here? Then you look at the larger part of like, what is the vibe of the place? And that's the part that Micah provides, you know, like with the design of the space, how intentional we were with every single thing that we did. Um, all of those things, plus the fact that they can walk out with beautiful color, gives them 
the service that we think is necessary and that we can be proud of because it's really expensive. Like who has money to be doing all this all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think because we did kind of work through, you know, we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps. We can appreciate the fact that this is a very expensive thing to do. It's a luxury. And, um, but we also do know our worth and we know that what we're providing is worth um, what we charge. Now, how much do you let the assistants help you in the actual color service? Because that's where I inhibited a lot of my growth with being a control freak. And I can say that now that I'm not behind the chair, but every time I attempt it to have a really strong assistant, I'd be, you know, looking over their shoulder when they're mixing, afraid they were going to mix the wrong thing and afraid that they were going to overlap or not, you know, be careful with the ends of the hair or, or when they're brushing it. I was always so you know, hovering and just being annoying and controlling. And I, I couldn't stop myself from doing it in order to get the help. And I talked to people who, you know, there's like people like Daniel Mason Jones that he does a million dollars a year behind the chair because he has five assistants running around doing a lot of his work for him. Well, so. listen, I strongly believe that people come to see me and not my assistant. That's so how I felt too. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that I can sleep at night knowing that like the assistant's with the client 75% of the time. No one is doing those highlights but me. Um, it, I, I balayage, so what am I gonna have her step in and like paint a piece? Like, no, it's like, that is a very specific approach. It's everyone is getting their own tailored approach. She's not in my brain. I mean, I, she's as close to my brain as possible, but no, she's not doing that part. But as far as like, the rinsing and the toning and all of those things. Um, it's impossible for me to be there with her. Like, you know, we'll have five clients at the same time, but every client is with me for the duration of their appointment. Like as far as the application is concerned. And in the beginning, was it like that? Like, no, but as I, as she's gained my trust, I give her more responsibility and, um, we kind of go from there, you know, I, I have a very common sense approach to everything I do. Um, and I have a respect for my clients, like I said, and their time and their money and for my work. And, um, there, you're not going to find anyone more anal than I am is when it comes to like control, but you have to give some of it up, but you also have to know where the line is. And do you have a set system on when you know they're ready to, blossom and have their own chair or is it kind of just a gut feeling and a as you as you go you kind of see it you don't have a specific timeline and a manual and all that other corporate -y kind of approach uh we we kind of do have funny enough a corporate -y approach um micah what she has taught me is that it's really important to have systems in place and um and then you accommodate it to everybody so I won't talk about my current assistant. Um, well, actually, maybe I will, because she's actually about to get promoted. Mm -hmm. um, and she's been with me for five years. And, um, you know, everyone's timeline was really different. Um, I had other assistants that got it a lot faster, some assistants that, like, took maybe a little bit longer. But it's not just about understanding the chemistry of it all, which obviously is the most important part. It's about, do I feel like her artistic eye has developed? Do I feel like she, she could be ready for another salon? She could have been ready for another salon three years ago. 
but was she ready to work with us? You know, because our, our standards are way higher. Um, what, what's her taste level like? What, you know, how does she treat her own body? How does she respect herself? Um, all of these things, we kind of have this like, these highbrow hippie mantras and not to say like, oh, you need to fit in this box, but it's really important that everyone really um, respects what we're trying to build here. So it really isn't just about like, oh, she can bang out a highlight in 45 minutes, now she's ready. Like, right. that's kind of ridiculous too. It's more about the whole person because we do have a holistic approach to beauty. And Ashley has been ready. This That's my current assistant. I'd say for a solid six months now, but what part of my um, deal with her, our deal with her is that you get promoted once you find your replacement and train them. Mm, so that's where the hook was because as we know, as we you don't want to give them up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to find, hard good, to people. find good people. Yes. I'll be your assistant. I would love to come work with you guys. <laughs> who we think is going to work we're interning her right now kind of testing a trial period um but yeah that was kind of the hook we went through a few rounds of people that just didn't work out yeah and it was very interesting like back to our, our previous point that you know I, I had to sit down with Ashley one day and I was like what is the deal like I, I don't get it because to me as a someone who wants to be a colorist I would be banging the door down to learn from Katie and I'm like where are they people mm -hmm. don't want to spend the time people are like well, I, why would I go work within with Katie for five years working hard when I could just half-ass it over here in a short period of time and still get on the floor it's like people are, don't want to do that strong investment in themselves as much anymore and it's a little it's discouraging absolutely now when it comes to the chemistry part i know you're spending a lot of time with them but do you have set times where you sit down and do theory with them or are they learning as you're going you're explaining when you're doing it on someone's hair and that's how they're learning the actual um part about the integrity and the things that constance taught you is that like more book work or is it just a little bit job. of both. Um, we do we do some review at the end of the week, sometimes at the end of the day when we're we kind of like recap everything. I don't like to do it in the moment because I don't think clients pay to hear me like a lesson to an assistant. Um, I I mean sometimes you can walk in here and it'll be totally packed and you can hear a pin drop. That's how peaceful it is. So um, I like to do those things when clients are gone. Plus it's like you know, sometimes, you know, there's some scary stuff happening at the same thing. Clients have no idea <laughs> that we're trying to like get some green out or something. And, you know, we're just kind of silently motioning to each other. And um, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of both. That's amazing. I remember uh, Ted Gibson was speaking somewhere and he said, you know, that moment where you wrap the hair around the curling iron and the curl comes off in your hand, you just put it in your pocket and keep going. He's like, we call that a pocket curl. <laughs> I, was, I was dying because everybody's had that moment at the sink where, you're, you know, you're coming it out and you're like, where do I put this hairball? I can't let her see this. So, you, you know, there's always that moment. And to segue from there, I know you guys are involved with Virtue and it's, it's a, fairly new line in the US. I had met them at the 
what show was it? I taught at the Orlando show and I was able to meet the founder and she explained how the product was you know, discovered, that it was something with, wasn't it like supposed to be in, in a treatment? It was like a medical thing where they used human yeah. hair keratin and they realized that it was great for actual hair. So is that something that you're loving? Is it, is it you know, really well, we revolutionary direct, and different? We have no direct affiliation with them. It's actually just a product that I believe works. So we um, have it for sale here and I use their color kick in um, our services um, for a charge because it's a very expensive product to have, as you know. Um, Yeah, listen, you know as well as I that like this industry is so overrun with so many products and it is so hard to wade through all of the noise. And um, we only carry and I only use products that can be of use to me as a colorist. So I'm very specific in what I use. And it includes like a lot of Christophe Robin colors, uh, color products, because I can actually sometimes tone with those conditioners instead of relying on like chemical toners or virtue because it really does over continued use strengthen the hair. Or Serge Normand, who literally makes the best styling products on the market because you look, he is the best stylist in the world, you know? So I, I'm very um, intentional with the products that we use and in which way we use them. Virtue, I think, has been um, one of the biggest game changers in the last decade. Uh, I also, people often wonder, like, with the bond builders and what's virtue versus Olaplex versus this versus that. A really simple way to let everyone know is virtue is a natural uh, version of what Olaplex is. Well, mm, Olaplex is I like that explanation. Natural. That makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, I think that Olaplex has a lot of silicone and a lot of things that are making the hair look shinier and healthier than it's actually making it. I'm not a chemist, but that's just the kind of vibe that I'm getting from it. So I like that that's, you know, um, when we first jumped on, I told you that a girlfriend of mine's having some issues with hypothyroidism and she's asking me about, you know, what, what are some products that are healthier? What's a chemical free way I can color my hair? And I said, unfortunately, as of now, to my knowledge, there is not a hair color that can lighten hair and cover gray that doesn't have any chemicals in it. You know, I believe henna is really the only all natural thing and it's only one shade and does one thing. Um, I don't know that it's ever going to be possible to do all those things without chemicals, but have you found, I can see you having your own product because you have such a strong brand. Is that of any interest to you to have a line of really, you know, healthy, good products that you can share with your clients? That is definitely in our pipeline. (laughs) And it's something that Micah is working on actively. Um, You know, between the two of us, we have over 40 years of experience in this industry. And like I said, nothing has been accidental. We are really intentional with how we're proceeding. And for us, like, you know, obviously I'll let Micah dig more deep deep into it but you know top of mind is does it work is it good for the environment um that's really two of the biggest things to us right now and can it be used for multiple purposes yes do you want to talk any more about it no that's it i mean excuse me get some water 
But um, yeah, products are definitely something that we're interested in doing and, you know, relating it back to the whole idea of lifestyle, you know, like, like Katie said before, we call this place our atelier, but we refer to Highbrow Hippie as a lifestyle brand with its roots in beauty and our focus is on beauty, wellness, and conscious living. So that kind of, those things weave their way through everything that we do and it'll definitely be weaving its way through our product line once that's ready. So TBD. <laughs> I love that. And it's, I mean, it's such an overwhelming thing to take on. You know, I, well, my friend says, why aren't you this? Why are you that? I'm like, you know, I'm at the point in my career where I really enjoy being an educator. I enjoy helping new colorists blossom and grow. And that's where my passion is. My passion is not creating a new line of hair color. The world does not need another line of hair color. It needs someone who's able to teach people how to use the color that exists for me, you know? So um, I think when you have a strong passion like you do and such a strong brand, it's an obvious next step, but it involves, you know, people think you just go to the magic factory and you say, I want this smell and this, that it's a lot of trial and error and a lot of, you know, R and D and packaging. And, and when you want to keep it holistic, <laughs> a, a whole lot of money too. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's amazing. But, you know, I love what you're both doing. I love that, you know, you bring, the best of each other into this business and it just shows you know what kind of relationship that you have partnerships are so difficult i'm really impressed with two things that you're partners and you still like each other and micah that you were able to sell a business <laughs> it depends on the day i have had two salons and two times i've tried to sell a very successful profitable business I was not selling something that was awful and going under and nobody wanted it. The existing stylist didn't want it. Outside people didn't want it. It was almost impossible to sell. So for you to be able to walk away from that business, congratulations that you were actually able to do that and have somebody, you know, stay behind and thrive in your former business. I, I know the ground once they bought it. <laughs> Did they really? See, that's what happens. Yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say rent it to the ground I'm is a kidding. strong term, but you know, it, it did not. It wasn't the same without you. It wasn't right. the same. It wasn't the same, I think. And that's the feedback that I got from a lot of my clients who have become friends and I'm still friendly with now. And even now to this day, they're like, can you open up again in Atlanta? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it just wasn't the same. And you know, I'm it's hard to run a business and it's hard, it's harder to maintain a brand, you know? So like running a business, I think it's one thing, but it's like for, for me and, and my background and, and what is always top of mind with me is like providing a consistent brand experience, brand image, all of that. And people got used to that consistency over eight years. And when it um, became something different, they didn't like it as much, I guess. And I love that you said consistency because that is really huge. And that's the reason I was able to step away and have my daughter slip right in because she was raised by me. She knows how much I protect that brand and that consistency and that professionalism. So the business didn't skip a beat. You know, everything stayed the same. The clients are so relieved that everything's the same. And I can only imagine if someone from outside came in and tried to make changes or not be consistent with all of those things, it could quickly fall apart. 
now yeah. there's there's a lot to it so um i'm trying to think if i have any other questions i love everything that we talked about i think I we covered that. We joke about like, depends on the day when we like each other or not. But you, as you're saying, partnerships are very hard. Right. But I think um, we're both learning. It's one thing to have an idea and one thing to then be living it and executing it. So there's always a curve. You know, you're learning what the other person's like real strengths are. You, um, you start to not sweat the small stuff as much. You just concede when it's really not that deep, yeah. you know? Um, there's a lot of that that happens. And it's actually really freeing to be like, you know what? I don't care if you want to get the I black. I don't care enough. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> You're like, if it means that much to you, like, go for it. And yeah. um, we are, you know, we're more than friends. We are, like, sisters. And I've celebrated holidays with Micah's family now for many years and before we opened this business her dad pulled us aside and he made us shake hands in front of the family it was like you if you have an argument that you cannot solve and you both of you really feel strongly about something flip a coin flip a coin mm -hmm. knowing that like you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some but either way be totally at peace with whatever, whatever the outcome is and then move on and we've had to put love that we couldn't decide on a plant right yes. <laughs> yeah, we've done it a plant and i think a paint color it yes. was like two shades and it, like i like one and, she, <laughs> and a plant yeah. yeah and then i won one and she won the other and yeah. it was literally no big deal but like the that's awesome decisions, um we usually just talk it through sometimes we have to step away from it and revisit it um we've learned to kind of not uh, let the anger grow, grow, grow. Like we'll, we'll walk away and then come back another day. That's helped been helpful. Um, I think communication is, it's like so simple, but it's the realest thing. Just be like, you know what? Like the other day there was something that was said that I didn't really like so much, but instead I used to like let it fester. And mm -hmm. then I like, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, I didn't like that you did that. And I did it before the day started so that it wouldn't like balloon into some stupid shit and then it did it then it was like oh all right i didn't mean that sorry and then we just moved on with the day yeah so i um, love that because that's what happens in salons where the backroom bitching and the cattiness yeah. and all it's all something so silly that someone has in their head and they're not talking to the other person about it. They're talking to their coworkers and then everybody feels like they have to take sides. And it's as simple as I didn't like it when you barred my iron, you left hairspray all over it. You know what I mean? It's something so minute that snowballs into this big, huge thing. And then there's the whole divide and the drama. And that's one thing I was very proud of in my business. I never, ever you know, tolerated any kind of drama. It was like, if yeah. you knew that person was the bad egg, I don't care if you're bringing in a hundred grand a year, you're gone. Oh yeah, now I don't even get through the door. Nope. Yeah. We have the best team here. I'm we really, really proud do. of this. Everyone is so awesome. Like, I don't know how we got so lucky. And no, yet, you're not lucky. It's that you protected your brand. It's not about luck. It's yeah. about all the people that you had go through there that you knew were not a good fit. And it's, it's yeah. something you have to really be strong because you and I both know Sometimes when you have no assistant, you're like, oh my God, just give me somebody with a pulse that can shampoo yeah. hair. But totally. when they're there two days, I'm like, make her go away, please. I can't, 
<laughs> be within five feet of her right now. Like I'd rather be alone. Totally. So it's just an energy. Well, I don't have to tell you, you have that whole yeah. vibe to your salon and you can feel that misfit energy. It's yeah. like a shield that goes up and you're just like, bye. You like you're not yeah. going to work. Not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish you nothing but continued success. I hope to get out and visit and make an appointment and have my hers did. I haven't found a colorist in Florida yet. So I've been doing some bathroom balayage to it myself and I don't like coloring my own hair. It's, it's not my favorite thing, but I, I you guys are amazing to do I this for me. Myself. I literally in the living room like on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Cause I can't, you know, when you're done with the salon, you're done. I know, but I hate trying to get to the back. I'm just yeah. <laughs> not good at getting all under there, but I guess nobody's looking at it. It doesn't really matter. Well, thank you so much for this time. Um, is there somewhere that people can find you? Is there a website or anywhere you want to send people that are listening to check you girls out and your salon? Well, definitely follow us on Instagram. It's Highbrow Hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E. And from there, you can link to our website. Katie mentioned earlier, it's going through a little um, rebranding. So we'll be launching a new site soon. And also, once that is done, you can sign up for our email list. We do send out emails, not super often, but um, if you just kind of want to be part of the, the vibe and find out what's going on, you can sign up for that. Nice. Well, thank you again so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.